This is the Psychedelic Spotlight Podcast. I am your host, David Flores, CEO of Global Track Solutions and Psychedelic Spotlight. And my guest here today is Doug Drysdale. He is the CEO of Cybin Corp. You can now find them trading on the New York Stock Exchange under the ticker symbol CYBN. Doug, it is a pleasure to have you here with us. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, David. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, very happy to have you. I've been following Simon for quite some time now, so I'm really excited for this opportunity to get to know a little bit more about you as well as the company. And I think a, a unique way for us to maybe dive into this would be to take one of the company's mission statements and uh, take some time to dissect a, a little bit, have you elaborate on some points here within it, because I think it's going to give us a great opportunity to learn more about who Simon is and what the company really is focused on. So I'm going to read this uh, statement here. It is, you know, the company is on a mission to revolutionize mental health care by delivering powerful and effective new psychedelic based therapies that are accessible to all. Now, that's a mission statement that really resonated with me, and I, I love it. It gets me excited about the company. But I guess the first part that I want to dissect here is the company is on a mission to revolutionize mental health care. So maybe we use this as an opportunity to talk a little bit about some of the shortcomings that currently exist with mental health care, uh, particularly some of the challenges of long-acting treatments for depression and addiction clinics. So if you want to maybe start with that, I think that'd be a great way to kick things off for us. Yeah, I think that's a great, a great starting point. And uh, some, people, um, some people laugh when we talk about revolutionizing uh, mental health care. It, it is a strong word, uh, but I think it's appropriate in this case. You know, we've, we've seen very little innovation in psychiatry for the last two or three decades. And uh, current treatments like SSRIs work for some people, uh, but for many, they're, they're not effective and they come with side effects and often take quite a long time to work. So what is really revolutionary about uh, psychedelics is the potential for these treatments to work very, very quickly uh, for addiction and for, and for depression and other uh, indications, but then have a durability effect that could last for potentially months at a time from just one or two doses. So that's kind of the foundation of why we're interested in, in psychedelics. We really do think that they have a potential to, uh, to revolutionize the way we deliver mental health care. Um, when we first started looking at uh, the potential for these molecules, uh, it was clear that uh, long-acting treatments like LSD, which may have an eight-hour treatment duration, uh, psilocybin given orally, maybe a six-hour treatment duration, MDMA could be an overnight stay for, for patients. Now, I, I don't see those as being particularly scalable. Um, I would say that there may be patients that would be willing to do that uh, because it would be on an infrequent basis. But when we speak to uh, clinics, uh, addiction clinics and, uh, and depression clinics, and we talk to payers, they really struggle with that as part of their business model. You can imagine that these, these clinics are delivering care, but they're also looking to make, uh, make a profit. It's an operating business. So the thought for them of tying up a room for an entire day and all the ancillary staff for, for just a single patient, that's, that's hard for them to get around. And uh, so either they have to pass that cost on to the patient, which may make these prohibitive, uh, those costs, or they have to pass on to payers who may or may not reimburse. So when we talk about making these treatments accessible for all, we're really talking about starting with that fundamental uh, thesis of getting reimbursement. So in our view, reimbursed pharmaceuticals from psychedelics are the, the single greatest way to bring broad accessibility uh, to millions of patients around the world. And we're doing that by developing much shorter acting treatments designed to fit within the traditional business model of a depression clinic or an addiction clinic, one or one to two hours or so. 
Uh, so they can see many multiple patients in a day, and also patients can you know, not take up a whole day from the, from their treatment, and ultimately uh, they uh, they're not paying out of pocket for these treatments in the long run. Yeah, it really is about streamlining the entire process. And I think that right there is where, you know, you see talk about revolutionizing how you're currently doing this. That's part of it right there. It's streamlining this entire process. So the next thing I want to talk about and and dissect a little bit here is delivering powerful and effective new psychedelic based therapy. So maybe we use this as an opportunity for you to elaborate a little bit on Syvin's novel pipeline of compounds and what the company is currently focused on in terms of its psychedelic based therapies. Yeah, thanks for that opportunity. We are, um, as I said, we're, we're focused on delivering faster onset and shorter duration treatment. And we're doing that through a couple of different ways. We have a, a psilocybin program poised to begin phase two studies for depression. And we're attacking the fast onset and the short duration uh, goals by developing a, a sublingual film formulation. So this is essentially a strip uh, loaded with uh, psilocybin that would be placed under the tongue uh, and it would get directly into the bloodstream to the site of action very rapidly and not have to go down through the GI tract and through the liver, which takes a long time, but also you lose 50 to 60% of the active drug that way. So it's a very inefficient way to deliver psilocybin orally. Uh, so uh, we hope that that will deliver that formulation of psilocybin a faster onset and shorter duration. For our two other programs that we have that are active, one is for alcohol use disorder and the other for anxiety disorders, uh, which is probably the most prevalent health, uh, mental health disorder globally. Uh, here we're taking things, uh, tackling things from a slightly different point of view. Instead of using just drug, de- drug delivery, we're also using medicinal chemistry. So we're t- instead of taking long acting treatments like psilocybin and trying to make them shorter, which is kind of hard to do, we're starting with very short-acting psychedelics, tryptamines, that are like psilocybin, like DMT in their structure, and we're, we're extending their duration in the body. So we're taking them from being perhaps a 10 to 15-minute duration to that one, one and a half to two-hour duration using a process called deuteration. It's simply put, it's a way to stop the molecule being broken down so quickly in the bloodstream and therefore it lasts longer in the body. So instead of a quick spike up and down in 10 or 15 minutes, we're looking for a smooth curve uh, that uh, reduces that the spiky side effects and extends the duration for patients to something that's optimal. Again, that fits within that, that clinic model. And can you elaborate a little bit more? Because I mean, I, I want to make sure we don't move on, you know, before we really sort of drive home the point here, because what I, where I see the real potential here with Simon is in this pipeline of compounds that you that the company has developed and established here. What really separates the what separates Simon's pipeline from some of the other companies out there? What makes it truly unique, and where do you see the real value potential here with it? Well, we're approaching this from an integrated approach. So the molecules themselves that we're creating using deuteration are novel. They have novel IP, uh, and that's just uh, responsible of us to protect that investment that our investors have, have uh, uh, confided in us, uh, given us to protect and, and, and use wisely. Um, so I, they're novel from an IP point of view. They have these novel properties and that they're shorter acting, faster duration. But then we're combining uh, the, the treatments with our own proprietary psychotherapy program mm-hmm. called, called Embark. Uh, this is a six domain set of best practices. And the goal there, at least initially, before we get to market, is to make sure that our therapists and the delivery of therapy, psychotherapy in our studies is, is done consistently. The last thing we want is to have variability 
you know, within clinical studies. There's enough challenges with those uh, as it is. And in addition to uh, the, uh, the psychotherapy, we're also thinking about the infrastructure around that. Now, I think lots of people have spoke, spoken about the need for more therapists and more clinics as we come to market. But even way before then, right now, when we think about uh, experienced investigators, uh, experienced therapists, uh, clinics that have experience and a setup that is established for delivery of psychotherapy and psychedelics and the individual patients' needs, that's pretty scarce. It's certainly, uh, it's certainly not enough even to, even to uh, supply and support uh, the multiple studies that we see from other companies and cyber and, and our programs going forward. So with that in mind, we've formed a partnership with Greenbrook TMS. They have uh, 129 mental health clinics across the United States in all 50 states. And we'll be forming centers of excellence with them in order to uh, supplement the existing infrastructure, provide venues for uh, the tra training of therapists, um, provide venues where we can demonstrate to and train investigators in the delivery of care and, and also access to potentially tens of thousands of, of patients that Greenbrook sees on an annual basis. So our model, although it's focused on novel molecules, of course, which is the starting point, we feel it's important to deliver that integrated model with psychotherapy and infrastructure uh, to be able to ultimately uh, scale these treatments. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, now, the last part of this mission statement focuses on accessibility. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about that, too, especially given the fact that over 700 million people globally are affected with some kind of mental illness. So I'm curious to understand a little bit more. You, I think you've touched on it here and there so far in our conversation, but maybe let's focus a little bit more on how specifically Cybin plans to bring these therapies to patients out there, knowing that you've got millions of people out there who could potentially benefit from them. So what is Cybin's approach in terms of bringing these therapies to patients over the next several years? Well, we have to go through the pharmaceutical development route, uh, of course, and I, and I think that's the, the appropriate way to for, for patients broadly to get access uh, to these potential molecules. Uh, and so we'll be going through phase two, phase three studies uh, in various indications. And when you think about those 700 million people, uh, that's an awful lot of people around the world that, that, that need help. Uh, and uh, across multiple geographies, genders, uh, demographics. Um, so the depression, for example, uh, impacts almost 300 million people uh, around the world. Alcohol use disorder, which is the second indication that we're pursuing, is the third largest preventable cause of death globally. Uh, and the, the implications of uh, chronic alcohol use just go on and on and on. And I'm hopeful that that molecule, uh, CYB3 for us, could go on to tackle tobacco use disorder or opioid use disorder as well. And when you think that uh, the opioid epidemic has taken more lives uh, than we lost to, to AIDS uh, in the United States, mm -hmm. then that really puts that, that issue into perspective. Um, you know, inner cities and uh, low-income rural areas that have been impacted by opioids, it's just been devastating. And if we can, if we can remove someone's addictive cravings or that across the community, those addictive cravings for months at a time, then you really can change the trajectory uh, of someone's life, of, of the trajectory of, of a community in terms of its social impact and, and, and economic impact of opioids. So when we think about uh, accessibility for all, we really are looking very broadly uh, across multiple indications and, and multiple geographies. 
Yeah, very encouraging indeed. Uh, Doug, I want to take some time to learn a little bit more about you. I know you bring over 30 years of experience in healthcare, which I think is so important given sort of the path that Sybin is on. So I want to understand a little bit how you've been able to utilize that experience to help really set the foundation here for Sybin and really create the path forward here for the company. Yeah, I think you're right. I've been in healthcare for 30 years, so already all, almost all that time in pharmaceuticals. Uh, much of my background was in business development and M&A. Uh, in Europe and the US and in Asia, so uh, lots of uh, lots of things I've been exposed to. Very fortunate there. Um, in the, for the last dozen years or so, though, I've I've run four different uh, pharmaceutical companies as a CEO. Uh, two of them public, two of them private. Uh, two of them were turnaround, and two of them were startups. So a good, a good mix of things. So I understand how to grow and turn around uh, businesses and how to scale them. Um, and I think in this space where we've started out initially, if you look back a couple of years. Uh, with a lot of these uh, companies starting out from a, a non-pharmaceutical base and gradually having to transition, uh, coming into Cybin early uh, with that experience and building a team that has really deep pharmaceutical experience and experience developing psychedelics. So part of our team uh, was responsible for developing esketamine, the molecule that eventually led to Spravado with J&J. So our team overall has experience developing pharmaceuticals and psychedelics and bringing them, bringing them to market. Yeah. And I mean, you've assembled a fantastic team, a ton of really, really experienced professionals there. So I do want to commend you for the job that you've done in putting together a team that I think really is going to help, you know, set things going here for the company as it moves forward. Um, I want to pivot a little bit, talk a little about uh, some public market uh, subject matters here. Uh, there was some big news that, that obviously came out here with Cybin recently, and that was the fact that the company uplisted to the New York Stock Exchange, becoming the first psychedelic-based company to list on the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, it seems as if the, the tradition so far has been companies going to the NASDAQ, but I know that you mentioned that you saw the New York Stock Exchange as a natural fit for the company. So I'm curious to see if you can elaborate a little bit more on why the decision was made to uh, go for the New York Stock Exchange. Well, first of all, huge credit to our legal and financial teams and our legal and financial advisors for, for getting uh, through this milestone. It is uh, enormous credit to them. And, and I think an enormous validation of, of Cybin and its business activities to, to be uh, supported and validated you know, by, by the New York Stock Exchange, NYC American. Uh, I think that is a big milestone. But ultimately, you know, whether you're on the NASDAQ or the NYSE, it probably doesn't matter too much uh, to investors. Uh, many of our partners uh, are on the New York Stock Exchange. I think traditionally a lot of big pharma companies uh, that are you know, seen as being very compliant are on the New York Stock Exchange. We thought it was a good fit for us. Uh, and ultimately, you know, the goal was to provide more access to retail investors uh, to Cybin shares. We've been very heavily held institutionally in the last several rounds. You know, 90 95% of the investment came from US biotech funds. We had relatively little uh, retail investment. And so moving to a larger U.S. exchange, I think, is uh, a great opportunity for, for U.S. retail investors to get involved. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I guess to wrap things up, uh, for those out there in our audience that are really following the public market sector here in the psychedelic space, maybe share a little bit about Cybin and what you know what you see in terms of value potential here for the company. I know a lot of people look at the psychedelic space and the reality is we're still very much in the beginning stages of it. There's a lot of growth left for this space. But given where we are now, you know, maybe can you outline where you see things going here over the next year to two years for the company? 
Yeah, I can. And maybe I'll comment on the sector overall a little bit. Uh, for Cybin, we're ramping up our clinical programs. We have uh, two preclinical programs for anxiety disorders and depression that are progressing very well. And we expect to be in first in man studies in the first half of, of 2022 for both of those programs. And that would be big milestones for Cybin, having gone from really the discovery or creation of those molecules into first-in-man studies in about a year, which is extremely fast. And then for our sublingual film formulation of psilocybin for depression, we are, we've been approved to begin a phase two study uh, for that, and we in two parts, a phase 2A and a phase 2B. And the first part of that, the phase 2A, is really designed to tell us what the dosing should be for the sublingual film, and also what that pharmacokinetic profile will look like. Will, can we deliver the faster onset and the shorter duration that we're hoping for? We should get that those results right around the end of this year, so really not very far away from that. You know, as I look out across the, the sector though, for the next couple of years, a couple of things I think uh, strike me. Uh, one is capital and the other is IP. Um, I think that uh, we're starting to see now a small group of psychedelic companies move to the US exchanges, uh, gather much larger balance sheets, uh, which will help them be robust and durable uh, and, and really pull away from, from the pack. I think there, there have been multiple hundred, hundreds of pharmaceutical uh, psychedelic companies that have been formed over the last couple of years. And it's likely that not all of those will get the capital they need. So it's, it's inevitable that we'll see some fade away and we'll see some consolidation potentially. So M&A opportunities on the horizon, I, I suspect, for us and others. The other area is IP. And I think the current IP landscape is interesting mm -hmm. uh, in the psychedelic space. It's, uh, it's kind of like seeing the tips of icebergs poking above the waterline. Uh, we can only see a fraction of what really is going on as uh, many, many patterns are still provisional in the space, and therefore um, they're still confidential. But over the next 12 to 24 months, I think we'll start to see what's below the waterline uh, and start to see some interesting IP being issued. So there'll be some, some wins, some losses, um, some, uh, some surprises, some battles <laughs> probably. Yeah. Uh, probably some licensing deals, and and again, maybe maybe M and A or consolidation coming out of those uh, those opportunities as well. So, a lot uh, a lot going on, as you say, uh, David. I think the the sector is really still uh, in, in in the early innings. Yeah, it really is. But I mean, the way I, I tend to look at it is how a company is currently structured right now. I think, you know, looking at how Simon is structured, especially from a capital perspective, I think you guys have made some really good decisions here. And I think the foundation is in place. Um, in, in addition to the, again, I, I got to mention it again, the, the pipeline of compounds that you guys have in place. Uh, I think it really sets you up to be, at least in my opinion, a very key player here in this industry. And if not a trailblazer as things continue to evolve and develop. So I know I, for one, continue to look forward to monitoring the progress here of Cybin. I want to encourage everyone out there. We'll get, make sure we get the website uh, linked into this podcast. If anybody wants to take a further look into the company, I want to encourage them to do so. And if anybody has any questions um, for Doug, they can send them to us. We'll get them to, over to him and we would be happy to coordinate getting those answered. But uh, Doug, this has been a great first introduction here to Cybin. I want to thank you so much again for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, David. And yes, happy to answer any questions that people have. Just, just send them over. Thanks very yeah, much. Absolutely. Thank you. Global Track Solutions, Inc. and Psychedelic Spotlight does not in any way encourage or condone the use, purchase, sale, or transfer of any illegal substances, nor do we encourage or condone partaking in any unlawful activities. We support a harm reduction approach 
for the purpose of education and promoting individual and public safety. If you are choosing to use psychedelic substances, please do so responsibly. The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the Psychedelic Spotlight podcast are those of their own and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Psychedelic Spotlight and Global Track Solutions, Inc.